from, oh man, that was a really disappointing result. Uh, after all, maybe we might learn how to clear the ball and take three points away from the Wonderwall. If it happened this week in the Philadelphia Union, uh, I don't know, universe, we got you covered. It's Fused on the Bridge. I'm your host, as most of the time, Evan Vlala, with a very hastily put-together introduction. I don't know. We'll try it. Uh, this is brought to you, by the way, by the Beautiful Game Network podcast, uh, Roughneck Scarves, and Golden Gold Press. Get that out of the way. Get it done with. Uh, introducing a couple friends of mine. Uh, he is the second half of the Colorado Rapids game. It's, uh, it's Paul Cotrino Jr. What does that mean? I Whatever you want it to mean, man. Oh, man, I wasn't that bad. I hope I'm not uh, that maybe. bad. Uh, he's our version of Austin Trusty's first touch after the game-winning goal in Minnesota. It's Chuck Booth. Uh, it's past my bedtime. That's it's so smooth. And uh, he's how everyone would feel if Ray Gattis scored a goal. It's Justin Ashcraft. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Good. If uh, if Ray Gaddis scores a goal, when if like, it's inevitable, I don't know. I think it's coming, guys. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I think it's coming. Listen, uh, we're gonna move him up to forward because you know why not at this point, and then just just let him get one. You know, it's happened. Nice little tapping. Uh, gentlemen, your Philadelphia Union at the end of the. Uh, well, at the end of the first week of MLS play in June, are still atop the table in the Eastern Conference somehow on 28 points, a point above DC United. But uh, boy, howdy, guys, they did not make it easy for themselves uh, over the last two games. No, th- these games made me rather sick. These were not great. No. Um, it, it's funny... Minnesota hurt a little bit more than Colorado did watching it. Because Minnesota was so entirely wide open. Yeah. And there was just no break. There was... There was nothing to settle into. The game never settled into itself. I mean, at least, you know, Philadelphia had some decent possession against Colorado and just couldn't finish their damn chances. But, like, Mm. Minnesota was... Man, it's been a while since I've seen a game like that. That was it. It was fun for a neutral, but man, everyone yeah. involved, everyone invested in that game, probably felt the same way I did. Like my stomach was in knots, and that's not because I just spent a four-day weekend golfing in the Poconos, drinking every single day. Like that was that was something else. That was something else. Um. All I know is I would much rather see Human Vacuum Jack Elliott instead of Human <laughs> Vacuum Lalas Abubakar. Yeah. Um, that, like, watching him just clean up everything for the Rapids yeah. just gave me a fit because this almost felt like Portland Light all over again with... Oh, the Union have all the possession. They have chances <coughs> everywhere. Mm. But in that, since it's the Rapids instead of Portland, you have one point instead of zero points to show for it. Yeah. 
Justin, any initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think the. I mean, I think the reality is. I mean, every team's going to have games along over the course of a thirty-plus game season that are going to be that way. That balls just don't go in the net for whatever reason. Um, so, I mean, I I'm kind of of the opinion that I'm willing to just kind of set this game aside and say it happened and it sucks that it happened against at the time the worst team in the league um, yeah. and we just have to kind of move on from it and be like you know what that it, it happened um you just hope it doesn't it it doesn't happen often um mm. but i just don't think with this team it will happen often is this the point where we just take our losses say we are LAFC and keep marching on since we're going to go into the break first in the in the east I think you can confidently do that with this union team and I wouldn't be that bold to say that in any year except this year because Minnesota could have easily been the same exact situation but they actually yeah. pulled that out at the end which union teams of past don't do that they don't do that, especially coming off a really bad tie against a pretty bad Colorado team. I the minus so here let me let me get the good out of the way for the for the rapid draw. Nice touch by by Jamiro. Great finish by Sergio Santos. Well done. Uh, blame me for mentioning Jonathan Lewis. Apparently, he decided to score. It's all your it's uh, all your damn fault. It, it's okay. Yeah, so you know, I, I, I might go up a little bit too. Uh, you know, hey, l- listen, he's he he's is a actually guy. like kind of good, and he's actually good. Yeah. Um, can we talk about who was supposed to be marking him? I think your boy, but the twelfth yeah, defender, boy, Mr. I mean, Kai I, Wagner. I, I do think you may be right. I genuinely <laughs> couldn't tell what defensive scheme the Union were trying to put in on that throw in because it's just non-existent yeah well i think wagner collapsed collapsed to the middle of the box and forgot that there was somebody behind him that he potentially would need to mark um because you saw as soon as the cross sort of came in he kind of went back the other way yeah um, he like super and he realized that he was there so i think it was just the reality of uh yeah i think it was just the reality of he collapsed and then realized oh there is someone behind me yeah i was like hearing the hearing the footsteps a bit and not realizing like the depth at which the player is behind you like it mm-hmm. it, it really is tough in those situations because y- you simply can't have eyes in the back of your head and your defensive awareness is only so good that in an amazing mls season that kai wagner's have been having he's bound to make a couple of mistakes it's just that mistake led to a straight up goal and yeah. that cost the union two points and you know i'm not gonna crucify the guy for it but you know it's Something in a long MLS season that's eventually going to happen. And I, I'm right there with you, Justin. This Colorado game really doesn't feel as bad, knowing that they still finished a double match week at the top of the Eastern Conference with a win yeah. in that double game and, week. And On they the got the road. four points that we, we wanted yeah. them to. And, and in a slightly better game, this is 5-1 against Colorado. Let's not. Yeah. Like, yeah. The right. Amount, yeah. The amount of good chances that Colorado defenders just flung themselves in front of. Like, yep. 
I can't think of many times that I've seen that much, except um, maybe maybe well, Sunday, well, maybe on say, Sunday. I was, I, I, I was actually going to say Brighton at the end of the Premier League season. Oh, I have a I have mm, a more uh, yeah. I have a more on brand uh, example for you. Let's hear it. Uh, it happened on the weekend when the Union faced like 900 shots and only gave up two goals. That's right. That's right. You know it's good when a when an MLS franchise has to tweet out the number of shots and make like an entire Instagram post dedicated to the amount of shots they blocked in a single game. Yeah. I feel bad for Kai Wagner. He blocked five of them. His body must be actually genuinely hurting. <laughs> the amount of balls that guy's took. Um, to talk about it, Minnesota with 29 shots total. Seven on target, eight off target. For people at home that don't want to do the math, 14 blocked shots for the Philadelphia Union on the day. Guys, that's like hockey numbers. Yeah, actually. That's horrifying. Well, we we I, were in Minnesota, so fits the bill. That's fair. Um, listen, I'm, I'm glad they got the win. I'm glad Trust got a goal. What a touch, by the way. What a finish. Oh, my God. From a center um, back? Can we talk <laughs> about Jack Elliott, the brick wonder wall? We can. We can. But, I, and I, I said this when I was watching it, you give up 30 shots in a game, you don't deserve to win. And I'm going to stand by that. And, but they gave and, up 29, so. Yeah. Cheers, thanks. And, Welcome to being a good team. I guess, but like, man, between between thirty shots and not knowing how to clear the damn ball, this was this was a really frustrating win. Like I said, sick to my stomach the entire time. I couldn't. I couldn't relax. Day, it was really nervy. It doesn't matter because I know both teams got wonder goals, but the Union left with three points. Yeah, that Harris hit was unreal. Absolutely unreal. Um, it's funny how easily he can pull that out, and yet his other shots during the year really just aren't that well, close. Well, his, his other shots that he's not taking, right? Like, Yeah, yeah he kind of needs mentioned. to be consistently taking every free kick. I know Montero's pretty good for some, and I know you pay Marco Fabian a lot of money, but... Man, let him I mean, get in a rhythm, and he will place them. Yeah, I'm kind of cool never seeing anyone that's not Harris or Aronson on a set play. Yeah. They put really good balls in, uh, and I think that Medunian, I think, has... I mean, everybody talks about his left foot, and even from, from run a play, he can put good balls in. So I think that there's a reality that he probably needs to be taking a few more hits throughout the year and mm-hmm. and and hitting some of those, you know, the balls, especially if he's not taking the corner kicks when he's standing right outside the box and gets on the end of a, a second ball, like, just hit it. Just just put it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's one of those players that – I never mind if he actually takes a go at it because he's clearly seeing something that is like, yeah. I've done this before. I'm probably going to get pretty close with my left foot here. You know, it's 
it, it all seems so simple for the union at its essence, but I'm appreciating that Jim Curtin's being a little flexible and seeing what he has in this team because it is a new formation, it's a new style of play, and the fact that he's been able to be so open and flexible with his roster choices and his set-piece choices and the fact that they're still in first place in the East come June, it's pretty cool to see. Because now he's mm-hmm. going to start being able to see what really works. Um, also, how are you feeling about the week that was for Sergio Santos? Um, one goal, one fantasy assist, some missed chances, but growth? I, I, I like what he and Casper bring. And clearly when they get kind of into that attacking third and one of them makes that, that run off the ball, they understand where they are, right? We saw that early with um, Casper in the 41st or so found Santos and he kind of, I mean, Ike Oparo with a bit of a shove maybe or something or just some good defense and, and Santos didn't get a touch to it. But I like how those two play off of each other. Um, and Chuck, I know you were upset about Santos taking it, you know, 80 yards or whatever and then not burying it, but I I don't know. I, I'm okay that he was a little bit selfish with it because unlike you, I really don't think that uh, Jamiro was open. Um, he he wasn't I, open. Yeah, but I mean, you, I agree. Like, you got to bury that. And if that goes in, it's 2 nothing, and I, I think it's a completely different game. But... Um, I, I like Casper and I like Santos as, as the starting forward combination. I really do. Um, and, you know, Sergio, listen, you can't, can't, you can't complain too much about a guy that grabs a goal and then gets a pen in, in one week. So, you know, and, and credit to Santos, honestly, for sticking his foot in there. Because he knew he was going to get hacked, but he wins a penalty. Uh, you know, Jamiro converts it, and, and it's it's one nothing Union. He's very active all the time, whether he he's on the ball or off the ball. I think he's a lot. He's a smarter player than I think a lot of MLS people are giving him credit for. Um, yeah. I think we all kind of realize that his two years, maybe three years, that he's going to be here are going to be for him to set himself up to move on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are going to see how smart of a player he is. And if the finishing yeah. comes, someone's going to pay a good amount of money for that boy because it, it's good. He's a very good hybrid striker in this formation because it's he's not necessarily dominant at everything, but he's good at everything that you ask a striker to do. I mean, I think that there's a reality of, I think, the first, well, you know, half of the year, the first part of this year, it's been so stop-start for him of, yeah. you know, uh, Corey Burke playing some, David Akam playing some, you know, yeah. and I think it's just, like, it. He's he was injured for, you know, all that stuff was happening, and I think it was just so he can start to figure out the league a little bit, and he can figure out how teams play, he can figure out how the union plays, um, and how to play with Harrison, how to play with um, Shabilko. And I think once he figures those things out, like you said, Paul, I think once the finishing comes, which I have no doubt that it will at some point, um, that I think he's going to be, I think he yeah. and Shabilko will both kind of benefit the, from 
each other, um, learning the league, and then playing well in this league. Mm-hmm. Chuck, I, I know you called him selfish after that breakaway uh, in the minute, you know, during the Minnesota match, but maybe from I won't say thirty thousand feet because I don't think we're there yet, but maybe ten thousand feet. How do you feel about about Sergio so far? I mean, I feel fine. Um, okay. I mean, obviously that <laughs> that's fine. That tweet was fired off in anger. I sure. well, yes, Ontario may not have been completely open. I'd still rather with the way he's been finishing recently, he at least try to spring something versus shooting it yeah. in not a good position. But all in all, that's nitpicking after mm-hmm. a win, realistically. Um, yeah. One person that it's always just so hard for me to praise, but I have to because literally as soon as he came on the Union scored a goal is El Senio. <laughs> yeah. What, what fantasy this, planet are we living in right now? Um, one where he is now the most important asset to the Union unlocking games? See, and and like, I'm not against him playing right like i'm just not thrilled when he starts because i know that jim doesn't like to make that sub until 60 or so regardless um i think in 15 20 minute spurts especially in a game like this where it was wide open he's amazing because not only did he get the assists that led to the trusty goal but like after that when the union were kind of trying to kill the game off He's got those moves that can make a guy miss, that can open up space, where if he takes it to the corner, he's going to be there for a minute. And that's huge. I thought I thought we were going to score. Um, uh, was that like 92nd or 93rd minute? He yeah, played Aaron. Where that ball came in and there was like 800 yards of Yeah, space and then he played in somebody in through yeah. two or three defenders, and that person just didn't – I forget who it was, but didn't quite – I think it was yeah, Ollie, maybe, it? and he didn't wasn't quite on the get on the point. ball the way that he could have, and I thought he could have scored, but yeah. then he kind of went back to the corner, and which is fine. We're killing a game off, but yeah, it was like it was a good play, and I think that that shows where El Cienio yeah. could be really, really valuable to this team. Yeah, Chuck, I'm gonna nitpick um, your argument against uh, Santos being open, or I'm sorry, Montero being open. So the speed at which... I never said he was completely open. There's nothing to nitpick. But let's... He's agreed twice now about the open. Let's a little bit. The speed at which Sergio Santos was running I like how you're still going to continue. Paul, go ahead, Paul. Was too fast enough for him to make a full stop to draw the defender off of Jamiro Montero, who was also running at damn near full speed to therefore facilitate him being open for the pass. Therefore, Jamiro Montero was not effectively going to be open on that play. And yes, I will also open a beer, because I know I make you want to drink. Chuck. Two Steve Austins are here at the same time. How about that? That's uh, double trouble. That is, that is a lot of trouble. Uh, I love you, Chuck. Guys... Uh, how do we want to we got a fair bit of twitter questions we did 
including from one Kevin Kincaid. Also, sidebar, happy Pride Month, everybody. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the Union have a one training top and a bunch of black and white shirts with pride flags on them. Okay, Chuck, Chuck, can we talk about this? Chuck, I just hate um, that they released one thing that was so good and then well, nothing else. So here's my problem with the thing that's so good is that that's a template. So you didn't even have to try. So I'm mad about that. Uh, meanwhile, your boy, me, uh, is getting a uh, cheap, weird plug for Phoenix Rising, apparently. Uh, Pride kit. And those are gorgeous. Uh, so, yeah. I. Anyway. Chuck, you and I can, uh, I don't know, pontificate and have our opinions about how uh, Soccer for Everyone Month is damaging the LGBTQ plus community. But it's neither here nor there, I suppose. Uh, do we want to do the Golden Can Say So now? And then answer a bunch of questions, or do we want to answer a bunch of questions and then end on the concise? Are we doing one for the week or each game? I was gonna go for the. Mm, mm, I was gonna go for the week, but if we want to do for each game, I suppose we could. Could be a little more fun. Which one? You can't just say that about two options. Uh, I was hoping someone else would pick up the slack for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> I, I like I like both games. If you both guys games? are down, all right, all right, we can do both games, I guess. Because so are, is that are we doing that now? Then is yes. that what I'm hearing? Yeah, because if we're if okay. we're gonna talk both games and we're gonna talk about the worst player for the Philadelphia Union in each of those uh-huh. games, I'm not going uh-huh. to pick a defensive player for the Colorado game. You know, for the most part, that team held their own. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to give it to Kai Wagner for having a brain fart in that game, of sorts. Okay. But uh, all right, okay. I'm. There's uh, no way in either game Kai Wagner was the worst player on the field. Exactly. No, exactly. No, there really wasn't. That dude's a monster. Even when he got the, even when he got a red card, he technically wasn't the worst player in the no. game. For yeah, that's true. He's never really been like the worst player. Um, it, it, it's really tough to give someone for the Colorado game, but I'm just going to go ahead and give it to Ray Gaddis. And then I'm just going to give it to Ray Gaddis as well for the Minnesota game. So Jesus Christ. Is that uh, a, all right. So I'm going in the completely anyone... opposite direction. And you can pick, you can pick a striker for the uh, Colorado game, but I'm just going no, go to go ahead and take a safe Ray Gaddis choice. Just to who? That posi- the 10, the position. Everyone okay. who played in that position this week was awful. Um, You're not wrong. I'm not saying <laughs> not that Montero wrong. played a bad game against Colorado, but when he was a 10, he was awful. Um, when Aronson yeah. and Marco Fabian came on, they were awful. And against Minnesota, you might as well have not even known who was in the middle. Um, rather pedestrian by Aronson in that Minnesota game, which was rather surprising. I mean, it happens. He's still a yeah. kid. He probably needs a rest, but the Union can't give it to him because of all of these games and Marco Fabian also being really yeah. bad. Aronson hasn't played to the point where you'd go, eh, we don't need him. <laughs> 
I will say I'm tired of him getting uh, stepped on all the bloody time and no whistles being blown for it. Um, I mean, that seems to kind of be the union in general because Shabilko's getting prime CJ Sapong treatment out there. Well, He'll start getting I, those calls he, soon enough. I, I will think. say that Shabilka is getting the Aristagatha treatment, where he's so big the referees go, "Well, that can't possibly be a real foul, so they don't blow for it." But CJ Sapong was I, fouled what nine times in one game with no one getting like carded that. for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was just the average. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure there's I, uh, even more. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Colorado game. I'm gonna give it to. Uh, oh just say Ray Gattis. I, I, dude, I don't want to though, man. That's such a. I know. He had just some great it. shots. Yeah, he almost scored from like 80 yards or whatever. He almost scored twice. Um, yeah, uh, that was rather selfish. I don't know. I, Not I a think, fan. I think. I think. I, okay, this Paul. is the weird. Uh, this is the weird week where I give it to a bunch of ideas rather than actual mm-hmm. individual people. Um, I'm going to give the the Conceição for the Colorado game to the idea of unlocking a defense because we couldn't do that, um, or the idea of marking like the only dangerous player on Colorado's whole team who didn't even start the game. Uh, Jonathan Lewis. Okay, you abstract Conceição giver. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone go read Camus. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, good luck sending that <laughs> award to a physical place. Well, it's the isn't stadium. that the whole idea of the absurd? <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> I'm going to drop one right in the midfield line of Talon Energy Stadium. The idea of unlocking a defense for Jim Curtin was like a fifth grader thinking of an eighth grade science fair topic and just being way in over his head and just settling with something else. Buddy, I love you. You need to stop projecting on this podcast. (laughs) The worst is like, this is kind of a case where I have to agree with Paul. What? Wait, you both thought about eighth grade science for ideas in fifth grade? No, just his analogy for Curtin trying to like put together a plan to unlock a defense. Oh, okay. I, I, Justin, I was about to ask you if you had weird aspirations about an eighth grade science fair in fifth grade too, or am I just completely missing the plot? And then Chuck actually explained it, so I'm back. Oh, great, thanks. Darn, Welcome to Views from the Bridge, where we it. can talk about our middle school anxiety. Apparently, um, I don't even know how I follow this up to give my golden could say so. Just say a name, really, is all you can do. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I, I would... Colorado. To the state. <laughs> yeah, the state. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah, man. anybody who took a shot mm-hmm. in that game? I don't know. Wow. That's just, a lot of people. Just put well, it Well, hold back. on. I'm I'm sure Paul took a couple of shots, no, 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 but no. that doesn't, that doesn't count, count, does it? That's but right. Just like, put it in the back you, of the net at some point. You're allowed to give me a Conceso. I mean... <laughs> Evan's giving it to... <laughs> no. Trains of thought. Justin, keep talking. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I generally, I mean, I generally just thought everybody sort of looked uh, un unconvinced in that game of who yes. they were as a top of the table team, and it was just like you got to just go out and dominate a game like that, and and just like be confident in your shots and and put something better than right at the keeper or or whatever. Uh, so, I mean, I think, I don't, 
we can't I can't sit here and just give it to everyone, but I think the team as a whole just didn't seem convinced that night that they wanted to or needed to or hey, should win the game. On this podcast, you can sit here and give it to everyone. That's the beauty of this world. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to everybody yeah, right? because Honest, Andre Honestly, I fairly agree with you. You win as a team, you lose as a team, and they just straight up lost as a team against Colorado. So they all get it. Right, I'll get well, it. I know, but I'll get it to everybody yeah. except, nah, that was except Andre Blake. Andre Blake had a – He didn't have anything to do. He had a pretty good – Yeah, he had a, two shots, one target. Saved one. He had a good week. If he was a better teammate, he would have oh, saved that. Oh, okay, we are not bringing that one. I, no, I'm no. so I'm so done no, no. with that. No, no, anyway, I love Andre like Blake. You, you beautiful human being. Uh, and Paul, today will not be the day that I throw it back to you. <laughs> wow. All right, then. Very nice. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gaddis was poor. That was. That, That's very nice that of happened. you. That um, I Yeah, I, I don't know. That was too weird of a game to really give anybody's... But, I mean, Gaddis wasn't good. Fair. I, Just give it to Ray Yeah, Gattis. I mean, that's where I'm going to settle. You said his name that's twice. Beetle, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. He didn't, he didn't save us after all, so um, that was not good. <laughs> so, Golden Katesau uh, goes to... Ray Gaddis for me for the Minnesota game. Listen, uh, maybe I knew Dre was going to be the one to save us, but I will give the Golden Conceição to the Union's inability to kick the ball more than five yards on a clearance. Good God! Um, if the it, That's like, if the back the line most. just killed the ball every time they had it, we'd be great. But instead, it was oh, you know. Ethan Finley would probably, who, by the way, uh, at one point put uh, our, our full-grown adult son, Austin Trusty, on ice skates and then some. What a touch, son. Uh, but, like, if the back line wasn't like, you know, I'm sure Miguel Abara would love to have this ball right from 25 yards. Uh, this game would have ended differently. Um, Especially when the general concept is just put yeah. your foot through the ball. Like, yeah, usually at, when you're away, like you're cool with not having possession and just kind of putting your foot through the ball, whatever the opposing team Like at shoot. minute 75, you've done it so many times, it's like by now you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I will say one of the ball. things that you guys talked about last week was Diego Chara and how Alonzo is pretty much Diego Chara. I didn't think Alonzo had all that I mean, he had some yes. good plays and, and stopped some stuff that the Union did, but, like, yeah. yeah. Alonzo looks I don't think he was that good. good. He is, he well, really I mean, was. and that's an age thing, isn't it? I didn't think he was that good. I didn't think he... Um, I'd actually like to look at the... I'm curious, the minutes that, um, like, he and core Minnesota defensive starters played in their midweek game, because... They were not fresh, which is great that both teams played a midweek game because it's that's not usually how this works. Sure. Yeah, that would be interesting to see, I suppose. It'd be nice if everyone was just on the same schedule and these factors didn't even have to uh, okay, Paul, be an issue. You're, you're but... asking a little too much there. You, yeah, you can, on, clearly, you we can, clearly um, don't live in a fantasy right world. Something. Where we can have nice things in an American soccer league. But uh, 
the beat goes on. Also, you, uh, Chuck, you wanted to know how many minutes. I I just pulled out the Alonzo box score against, against Alonzo. Oh, against Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, he played all ninety. Actually, yeah. almost. I guess almost I guess every 90, yeah. important bold Minnesota move. Starter, Cotton playing him one hundred and eighty in two games. Actually, yeah, almost every Minnesota starter who means something to that team outside of Mentonier played a full ninety. Yeah, only forwards and Schuler got subbed off. I'm so concerned about this I love whole Miguel so wingback kind of thing. Yeah, Heath's a weird one, eh? Um, guys, uh, have we gone? Have we gone down the line for Kinsey's house for this game? Yeah, no, yeah. They... Who hasn't given one? I gave mine for both games together. So, okay, great. I think it's just yeah, you, I Justin. I gave mine to Gaddis. Well, no, I gave. Okay, cool. We're great. We're out. I gave it to not being able to clear the fucking ball. Oh, yeah, so you had your just... stupid abstract head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so right. I yeah, also thanks, gave man. mine to Ray Gattis, so he just gets Invalidate it. Invalidate me. It's it's fine. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah, good looking out. Um, speaking of good looking out, we got a lot of really good questions on Twitter this week. Yeah, good looking out, everyone. These were good questions. Well done, everybody. And uh, I will say, I'm proud of you all for not asking us a lineup question this week. Well, yes, I, I think because at this point you know you point know what the lineup's going to be. Is a consistent lineup outside of two players. That's fair. Yeah. Good for you for oh, reaching did, into the brain, pulling out do, some uh, good did, ones. Did we want to talk about Marco Fabian going to going to take him um, to take Mexico? Us. Take yeah. him. Keep him bring, there. Bring him back better than you found him. I, <laughs> because I I had a thought uh, on my way back home before we started recording this. I wondered, you know, what if if he goes off to the Mexican national team, and he figures it out, and he gets in a groove with them, and then he brings that back, and then the union are able to use that. Then the union are clearing away the best team in the Eastern Conference. Right. Yes. So does does he do that? Is that a thing? Does does I have zero faith in it, but God, I hope Tata so. Tata Martino figure out a way to unlock Marco. Fabio I think we touched on it a bit in a couple Union. weeks that we've, you know, it's been on our mind. But I, I don't necessarily feel confident in it because he just looks very the, slow and uninterested in the game. The problem when he's is out also there and go ahead, Chuck. Um. Like, what he needs right now is to not be away with the Mexican national team and to be here playing with his players. Like, um, one Carlos Vela turned down a call-up to the Mexican national team because of the fact that he wants to help LAFC. They need no help. Well, yeah, they truly truly don't. So, he wants to help... I don't know where people are grabbing the one part of that quote and not the other one. He wants to help LAFC, but he also wanted someone younger to get that spot that he would have taken up for Mexico. I mean, Marco Fabian should technically be doing that, too, but... Fair, but he's not... I mean, I get that they're different players, and that Vela has a much more checkered history with that team than Fabian does. Like, Fabian just wants his last taste of that team, so I get why he's going. Um... Fabian's kind of always been under the shadow of Vela in a way. 
kind of. If he, among other, if he players, feels like this whatever. is going to be the spark to get him like moving again and just very involved in a game, then yeah. by all means go do it. Too. But yeah. I'm I'm not holding my breath, and I do think yeah. that he's a good player. But right now, he just hasn't shown me anything to warrant treating him as if he's untouchable on this union roster. Justin, your thoughts? I mean, as long as, as long as he doesn't find his form in the middle of a final against the U.S., I'm totally fine with him going there and finding his form. As if long the as U.S. makes not, the final. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, that's a whole other discussion that we could potentially get into closer to this tournament, but I think that they're I mean, I think that there's a good chance that this final is, you know, U.S. <coughs> um, and as long as that doesn't happen, then I'm good. <laughs> but, I mean, I hope that, I hope that he goes and, and maybe he plays with a little more passion because it's his country um, and, you know, find some, some semblance of form to bring back to the Union. Mm. Uh... Hey, Twitter questions. Does anyone have them pulled up? Can we start going through them? I have them up, I think. Yeah. Cool. Um, goodness, where Fire do we want to start? Wherever, man. Just pick one. Let's get it. Well, the I guess based on what we've just been talking about, we can start uh-huh. with Larry Henry Jr.'s question on who needs to step up the most for the union with players gone on international duty. Uh... Uh, um, just as a recap, oh, called man. up Warren Craval, um, uh-huh. Marco Fabian, and Andre Blake. Uh-huh. Alejandro Bedoya. I agree. I too would also yeah. pick Bedoya. I think if he's going to assert himself as the leader of this team, he <coughs> needs to pull everyone together to get through this stretch without some key contributors on this team. Yeah. And despite the fact that they're not starting right now, that doesn't mean there are throwaway pieces that are getting called up to national teams for an international right. tournament. Right. I think Craval's actually been decently sharp as like a shutdown center midfielder. Dude, to be honest, Warren Craval deserves all the credit in the world for not losing that ball in the midfield and playing it out to El Sino for that third I, Union goal. That I think was amazing. Craval might be as far as guys that do not get credit or guys that don't get a whole lot of minutes and make the most of them as the biggest professional in MLS right now. Um, Warren Craval is actually one of like one of the because like I think only one MLS player has ever completed like the triple double of like tackles, clearances, and interceptions. Oh, I love um, that. In one of his starts last year. Craval came within like one interception of completing that. That's amazing. Like he is such an active defender, but he gets yeah. zero credit because he can only pass laterally. Yeah, yeah. But that was yeah. that was a forward pass he played to El Sino, and that was yeah, inc- mostly so. that um, was inc- ah. Spe- listen, speaking of don't, El Sino, don't discredit my boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would never. I love Warren Craval. I would have started him at the base of the diamond at the beginning of this year, and that's also why I'm not coaching this team. Um, yeah. <laughs> but go on, then speaking of El Sino, 
that's who's going to need to step up for me during this period because Atil Senior go time. You have one ten. You are losing a key contributor at the side of the diamond. Both of those are positions that he has been playing exclusively um, this year. Mm-hmm. So um, that five-minute cameo is going to become a 30-minute cameo or a 60-minute start. And we need him at his sharpest and to not waste his chances. Uh Justin, I can't help but notice, for the people at home, this won't do anything, but you're wearing a goalkeeper kit right now. Yep. Uh, would Could I maybe convince you that the goalkeeper position as a whole might be the one that needs to step up? Because while we've seen them play well this year without Dre before, you know, we, we need that again, maybe. So you just wanted me to answer your answer? Or... <laughs> uh, it sounds like I he's mean, putting there's... words in your mouth. Well, there's a couple of answers. I actually Sounds have like a I actually have a different. I have I have the same idea as Chuck, but a different player in mind. Well, who's your player then? Anthony Fontana. Yeah, actually, oh, I was wait, going somewhere yeah, he similar. He is still here, but he is still here. He, he would I, actually I think, probably take Kramal's spot on the bench. Well, so Chuck, I think Fontana right now is more apt to play 90 minutes than Osinio. But I don't think you particularly Dude. need either to play 90 minutes. Uh, no, yeah. but I like them both as a platoon. And I like Aronson take or uh, sorry, I like Font taking the chunk of those those minutes over El Senio. I think El Senio is much better when you can bring him on in the 70th minute and have him stunt on some dudes that are tired than him trying to do that like one weird nutmeg step over thing he does in like the second minute when it's sniffed out. Yeah. If he was ever, if uh, he was ever going to get a shot at minutes, this is a good one. This is, it's now. I mean, it set up the union set him up well for it, right? With like Kerval getting called up, yep. which we sort of knew was going to happen, yep. and then they traded Derek Jones. So yeah, because you're like, it's Anthony Fontana. If you, be- if you believe in Anthony Fontana enough to keep him on the roster. Yeah. He's probably going to get a couple games going forward. You're, you're not going for some Jack Elliott central defensive midfielder? I would much rather him play striker <laughs> like he did in college. Yeah. What? Yeah. Still still one of the best finishes of the Union season. Jack Elliott. Oh, my God. That touch. That first touch set up that goal a few weeks ago was so bonkers. But Trusty almost beat him out this week. That was beautiful. How about the center backs with some finishes? Oh my eh? god! Yeah. I mean, they know how to operate in space. So, they just can't use their heads. <laughs> I mean, Correct. to be fair, that was basically Correct. just Austin, Austin trusting. Uh, <laughs> Austin, <laughs> whew, Austin trusty going. Hey man, I'm gonna put my foot here. If you want to headbutt my foot, go for it. Yeah, essentially. Like, like I dare you to put your head near my cleat. Uh, but anyway, um, I will. I will appease you. Evan, uh, with Thanks, your bud. putting things in my mouth, uh-huh. because the two names that immediately came to my mind when we started talking about this question were one Anthony Fontana. My oh. second was Matt Freeze, which I Ooh. actually hope starts over Cornell. I don't know why, but I actually hope that Freeze starts. Um, 
So I think that there is a reality. I mean, but either keeper who starts at this point, yeah. I don't. I'm not sitting here thinking that they need to step up in the sense that they haven't played well this season Correct. when they've gotten minutes. But if you are the keeper because your other keeper is with Jamaica, right? Um, I think you you have to you have to own that that spot. But I think I think both of them will. So the other name that came to my mind was actually Anthony Fontana. I was like, there's going to be time for some minutes for him, I think. Um, and so I'd like to see him make the most of it, unlike DJ had done over the past couple of years. Right. Chuck but, the, uh, you know. Yeah. Are we ready, ready for another question? <clears throat> I think you can hit us with another question, Chuck. So from... Giants dumpster fire on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> what a so relevant. Um, how can this team adjust on the defensive side when teams throw five or six men forward in the box? Seem to get run over in midfield when teams bomb forward. Yeah, we, we saw it against Minnesota, right? I imagine that's what he's kind of referencing. Yeah. Or they're, they're referencing. Um, I shouldn't assume the gender of a dumpster fire. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, there is nothing on this um, profile where I can even try and figure out a gender, so we're not going to. <laughs> um, Great. It's, so yeah, it's, 20, I mean, it's 2019. It's true. Fires can be whatever gender they want to be. Except J.K. Even Chicago. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Jim talked about it a little bit at halftime in the Minnesota game where he said we need to slow things down and kind of play at our pace. And, and what was interesting is he knew, and I'm, I'm sure the team knew, and, and us watching at home knew that they had an advantage in midfield, but it still didn't matter. Um, I, I don't know, maybe, and like that Minnesota game, like we were saying, is an anomaly because it was so wide open. Yeah, it's not it's not like you can really change a lot in the lineup to just prevent that from happening. Like it's not like you're going to show your hand and basically just you're not just going to throw Creval or something in there and basically tell them that you're going to bunker back a bit to keep it more compact in the midfield, you know? It's just it's one of those things where they do need to assert themselves in possession where it's not like they need to go for a goal every two or three minutes they can build up and wear teams down if they choose to do so like they don't make that many passing mistakes Um. as much as in recent years they have so i think jim's got the idea but it's a matter of execution on the team's part for me that answer is already on the roster because when teams do that what do you do you hit it over the top and hit them on the counter. Who does that? Sergio Santos or Fafa Pico? Um, preferably Sergio Santos. So, like, you just make teams scared to do that. And once Sergio continues to settle in, I think that they will be because there's enough of a difference up top for the union that realistically it's going to be pretty hard to keep them off the score sheet. With Elliot Madunian and distributing the way they do out of the back, teams should be afraid that we can hit them on the counter pretty well. It just it doesn't seem to be the first option for this team going forward. But that's when the second half union get better than the first half union. 
Very true. <laughs> they score about 70% of their goals in the second half. I mean, I think the I think also the other thing that can help that too is um, if if Bedoya and Montiero can drop back a little bit every once in a while too, and also help out defensively. Um, not saying they don't. I mean, I think both of them do their fair share of defensive work. But I think if either of them, I mean, I think that's what you can do too, is you can drop those guys back a little bit um, to help out defensively. But like you said, I mean, I think the way you counter a team that's throwing everybody forward is you go over the top of them, which I think the Union can do as well. So um, I think both of those are fine. Uh, I think either of those are plausible answers to this question. Um, This next one's kind of funny to me because it's from Christine. Um, Do you feel better or worse about the Keegan Rosenberry trade after playing against him? My girlfriend bringing the fire? Damn. <laughs> um, Keegan who? Yeah, not not much really to go off of in that game because aside he, from uh, a he got few, us aside from a few <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> he was like, I play center back now and we're like, cool, goal. That had to be kind of nice. Uh, I mean, rather pedestrian on his part, you know. It's uh, yeah. I, it's tough to get an assessment on that because the season has just been so bad for Colorado. Mm. I mean, you've seen the level at which Keegan can play at both in both facets of the game. He can be offensive-minded. He's not a terrible one-on-one defender, but man. Yeah, it, it it was not great in this game. Despite the fact they only gave up one goal, that is not because of him. It's because of the union. <laughs> I just can only remember one point in which his name was called, and then next thing you knew, the union were picking the ball off of him and going the other way. Yeah. I mean, it's a. Sh- it's, was... it, I think it's a little better if Mbaizo is actually playing in these games, mm-hmm. and you're seeing production from that position. Right. But like, st- still, it, it is not detrimental that we lost this guy. I will say, I think he plays further up the field than what Gaddis does, uh, and maybe a little bit more effectively, but. The Rapids are a bad team, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to judge. Like, it's really hard to judge what we lost or gained through that trade. We gained some um, fake money. At, yeah, I was going to say, at the end of the day, the real question is, was the money that we gained for Rosenberry worth more than him being on the roster? And right now, I'd say yes. I mean, if it leads to a, if it leads to a transfer... Well, I think we've already used of, that. Well, but that's what I'm saying. If if somehow this money turns into Montiero being here for a while, then I say we lights out won that trade. Uh, if that's not what happens, I don't know. It depends on how. It depends for me on how we progress throughout the season and if Gaddis becomes more of a liability then I think he can be at times 
Fair. Or if Mbiza starts seeing the field a little bit more. I'd like to hope that after Open Cup, we he sees the field more, but we shall see. That's being rather optimistic on our part. Shh. I mean, even if he doesn't see the field more, like you, you have to assume that Tanner is knows that this is a position of weakness, and that we're going to look at something. Which I also shouldn't go too far into because that's going to be in one of our other questions. <laughs> Which would be a flawless transition if only we had yeah, a really I mean, good transition guy on our podcast. Speaking of things that Ernst Tanner does, Chuck hit us with that next question that relates to Ernst Tanner. Um, I mean, there's actually a couple. Like our next four questions are Pick all one. in Ernest Tanner territory. Great. Let's um, do. Um, he's number, an important man. Uh, well, I want to actually do the one that's not about a specific transfer before I do all of the transfer ones. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll do that, and then we'll do rapid fire transfer ones. <laughs> um, so from Vince A. Tyrannosaurus. Um, Good. I don't even know what this other emoji is called. Just like sure. a little squiggly face thing yeah <laughs> sterling job on the twitter name oh yeah um what do you think is different about this year's team compared to recent years teams that weren't able to succeed uh they're better yeah they they win games that they shouldn't win jamiro montero yeah. talent talent overall <laughs> Uh, no, okay, uh, real, real answers, real answers, real answers. Mine was a real uh, answer. I, I, that was a game, a game plan, yeah. an effective, sh- an effective way to approach attacking a team. Not necessarily breaking down defenses, but just a way to pressure teams into making mistakes and then capitalizing on those mistakes. Not at a necessarily deadly rate, but a good enough rate to win you a decent amount of games. I mean, I would say talent. I mean, I think that's mine. But I think also, I think also, we've won a couple games earlier in the season that maybe we shouldn't have, or we pulled out games that yeah. uh, were tough to pull out. And I think that just builds a team confidence. So games like Minnesota, where we're like, uh, you know, it's crazy game and it's open and it's crazy. We're still like, no, 85th minute, Olsenia's still gonna hit a beautiful ball right to Trusty's foot, and Trusty's gonna be able to slot it past the keeper. I think like that confidence is still there because we've done it several times this season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm apparently full of abstract answers tonight. There is a genuine desire and willingness to reach out to a fan base that has been burned a ton by this franchise, and I think that is rubbing off on the team itself. Yeah. That's beautiful, Evan. What poem is that? Thank you. Is that James Joyce? <laughs> I uh, refuse to answer your <laughs> nonsense. You're absolutely answer. right, though. You know, to see to see this team, this front office, this organization actually genuinely give a crap about their fan base. You know, not e- just in the fact that they're having meetings with fans to like discuss ideas and concerns. This wouldn't even be a thing five years ago. No, it would not. Well, 
that. And it just feels like everyone cares again. Yeah. Hey, you're one. You're one hundred percent right, Evan. Yeah, we're um, we're very close to destroying the apathy, but in one thing, which is actually a question from Josh Harris, if no. Sugarman yeah. doesn't buy Montero, does it damage the club's credibility? Uh, I think this is Jay Sugarman's redemption tour, and I don't think one transfer is going to make or break that. To be fair, not that I think Sugarman's had like every single thing to do with this team being good and the roster makeup. I just think Ernst Tanner's done a really good job of understanding what his limits are and working with or around or whatever you want to call it those and making a contender. So can I add an addendum onto that? Please. If he doesn't buy him and does not replace him adequately. That's a bit of a problem. Uh, yeah, agreed. But, like, I don't think if you if you look at it, like, just the way it was asked, where it's if he does not buy Montero, is that an indictment of Sugarman? I think literally you can say any year except for this one so far has been an indictment of well, Sugarman. Well, the one interesting thing, actually, is um, the fact that the past couple of years, if we've lost a big midfielder, we've actually replaced them properly. That's um, and that's even without Tanner at the helm. You know, yeah. a guy who has basically prided himself on being a revolving door, being part of a revolving door club over in Europe. Just basically, oh, okay, our guy's gone for triple what we paid for him. Let's just go find a guy who's equally as cheap as the guy we bought to begin with and just mold him into something great. The reality is on any of these transfers, you're going to miss some, right? And I yep. think the, like, unfortunately, we've probably seen the Union miss on more than they've gotten. Well, just uh, on strikers this one, and defenders. This one they've hit. Um, yeah. But I would also say they're still, like, when you look at Fabian and how much we've talked about him, I think mm. they still have missed on a transfer this season too so i mean so far i'm not saying that fabian could it's inconclusive you're right you've you've missed as much as you can miss for being the top team in the in the conference yes yes but it's not because of fabian that we're sitting at the top of the conference that's fair that's the reality of this right i mean that's kind of the beauty of how big montero's acquisition was because Mm, his acquisition has allowed us to miss on so many because the level part, yeah oh like the room for error without him on this roster is razor thin because you have Warren Craval playing that position and literally if the union are winning games they're winning everything one to nothing two to one very easy to turn it into a loss Um, the next couple of questions I'm actually going to combine because they're very similar questions um, mm. from Ryan Bagnall and Justin Freiberg. So first, what position do you think the club needs to boost in transfers? Slash, what direction do you feel the club is heading this season? And the other one is basically, do you think the team is staying in the top half of the table if they don't make a summer move? 
Okay, uh, guys, I just want, um, I want, wait, okay. I want yes or no, I want position, and I want yes or no, I guess. Yeah, right? That's how yeah. that shakes out? Okay. Uh, so, um, Chuck, like, sorry, give it to me again. Um, the, what the, position the, the, do you the, think yeah, they the should boost? The first part is, what position are you targeting in the transfer market? Okay. Uh... Midfield, right back. Interesting. Yeah. Um, both. Because <laughs> right back or center position singular. Cheater, cheater. I mean singular. If I'm only targeting Don't be a coward, one, pick a side, Chuck. it's gonna be central defensive midfielder. Good man. Good. Okay. Paul, I would say. Follow your thoughts. Right back. I would agree with Paul. Right but back. But Dunian's right. older than Gaddis. Right back. And like, I don't. All right. That's great. Cool. Second. Right second back. Question. <laughs> um. The the second part is um, I mean, uh, they're they're basically the same thing because it's what okay. direction do you feel the club is heading this season slash Do you think <sighs> this team is staying in the top half of the table if they don't make a summer move? Um, first, okay. I want to um, say the top half of what table? Because <laughs> yeah, we can all agree that this is a playoff team, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. I I am one hundred percent convinced that the level of play at a consistent level is enough to get them into a top four spot in the East. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna take this as top twelve top for the supporters. Com- top shield. of the conference. Yeah. 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 I think they're better than a good amount of the Western Conference teams as well. I I think the Union hosts a playoff game this year. Yes. Same. Yes. And I think that's even with this team right now. Even without a major summer signing, I think this team is deep and young enough to be okay. I mean, to this hold team to a spot. This team right now on points per game is the second most. third first best. tied for third oh, best third team MLS in MLS with LA and this is the hardest part of their schedule yeah. um well yeah kinda I I don't trust anything until games with bo- both New York teams and DC are out of the way well you're in luck my friend I know we're getting to them <laughs> <laughs> um, we are bracing for a landing. It's, it's going to be real interesting because Red Bulls are kind of back. DC is kind of trash. And NYCFC just doesn't lose. They also play on a 5 by 7 field. Yes, we know they play on a postage stamp, but still. Right, I get it. My 12-year-old niece uh, just actually had a tournament there. It was uh, regulation size for youth teams. So, And it was a, it was a girls' baseball tournament? Right? Yes, exactly. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> guys, the, the, third, the, the third question of, like, where do you think this team is headed this season? Uh, can we all get a sentence? I mean, yeah. I want to answer, answer this other question Go first. Go for it. Yeah, man. I think... My only thought about the table and what I've what I'm looking at the table Toronto is 
10 points back. Just like last year. But they but they have three games in hand. Or two games in hand. NYCFC is eight points back with three games in hand. So, I'm not... I mean, we're done with Toronto, so that's one thing. But I also look at that and say, those are teams that can make some moves, uh, you know, before the end of the season. Uh, that being said, I do think the Union... At this point, we have 28 points, which is only 22 points away from our record-setting year of last year. So, do I think we can get seven wins and a draw by the end of the season? Probably. I would be inclined to agree with you. So, I do think we host a playoff game. Now we can get to what direction do we think this team is headed? Eastern Conference Finals in resilient fashion. And there will be skepticism the entire way there. Okay. But they'll That's get not there. my skepticism actually is right now. I, it's in Bethlehem. Um, Ohio, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because in years past, it was like, okay, Philly's pretty mediocre, but. You could see that there was like clear growth in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I I know Evan is one hundred percent co-signing all of this. Oh, buddy, um, just keep talking. Just right now, it's just like, like I sort of get trying to shed like contracts down there, but they're yeah. just trash. Like, it's really hard to look at that team and be like, you know, this player can help the Union in the very near future. I can name those two players off the top of my head. But the core of this Union Academy is not even in Bethlehem right now. Oh my god. The whole whole reason this team is good is because the trustee and Aronson and Fontana and McKenzie and Real played for Steel. Literally, if you look through this entire... Like the entire half the team came for through Bethlehem. the union. Um, Elliot Casper made um, appearances. Aronson, um, Elliot, trustee. Yep, yeah. yep. Then going down into even the reserves, Freeze, Mbizo, Craval. Yeah. Even Fabian's made an appearance. Been down there this year. And Mitchie Galena. Like, this entire roster has come through Bethlehem. Like, there's there's guys with talent on steel, right? Like, Benny's good. Sorry, I guess I should start using guys' actual full names. Benefima's good. Zach Dandy's good. Uh, Issa Rayon, good player. Uh... You know, Tomas Romero's there. Chris Shakes is there. Like, the goalkeeping unit that's been there forever is still there. Like, where I'm confused about what we're doing is... And, like, I'm not even against that we have so many, like, youth international players. Like, I think that could work out really well. Where I'm confused is if if you go back and you find an interview I did with James Chambers last year... Uh... There's a whole thing, and if you look at USL Championship, or the two teams that have come through there that have been successful, there's a culture of winning that Red Bull have, that Bethlehem have had, and there's a culture of losing that teams like Orlando City B or FC Montreal had. 
the teams that have gotten a lot out of their academy, the Union, Red Bull, FC Dallas, uh, RSL, have a culture of winning at the quote-unquote U23 reserve USL championship level. What's freaking me out is I feel like Bethlehem or, or, the, or the Union are turning into a team that looks at it like Seattle or Orlando City in years past or FC Montreal with the, the impact in years past or even in a way how the Montreal impact treat Ottawa Fury right now where it's this team doesn't need to win because we're just there to eva- evaluate talent. And what Steele have in USL is a guy like James Chambers, where if he loses, he's pissed off for a week. And winning is part of what helps Anthony Fontana or, or Brendan Aronson go out and do dumb things like run into Forrest Lasso headfirst and break your collarbone. So that way, when you're up in MLS, if you're lighting it up, you're used to it. Can I disagree with both of you? Is sure. that allowed? Yeah, I mean, I'll, you can. I'll allow it, Justin. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Paul. thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I would also like to say so, that you both used up the sentence uh, parameter yeah, that you yeah, yeah, set right. for both of us. Man, yeah, listen, I've been needing to go on a Bethlehem rant for a hot minute, so y'all can. I'm, I'm glad you got it in. <laughs> I. I get you. I understand because I am also watching my USL team suck. Um, yeah. But Apologies, by the way. You have to deal with that firsthand. But I think that there's a reality. I think this 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 Steel team was not set up to be the Steel team that they are right now. No. Fabian was supposed to come in here and light MLS up, and Brendan Aronson was supposed to start at Steel for most of the year. Like, that's not happening because Brendan Aronson is needed at the MLS level. I think. I suppose. Like, the the trades of CJ Sapong and David Akam has opened a roster spot for Shabilko and Sergio Santos, who probably were supposed to spend a little bit more time at Bethlehem Steel than what they did. So, not to mention the I fact that, that Galena's not taking a first team spot up. I as was well. gonna say, I think, I think right. Burke. So I, I think that this Burke and that Burke added to Sapong and Akam. I think Burke is the reason Galena is not with Steel as often. Well, eh. right. So I yeah. just think, I mean, and, and I think the other thing he's here, right. I and I think also. Andre Blake was injured for four games, so that brought a couple keepers up, and then one of those keepers got injured, so then neither of them, neither Freeze or Coronel, was starting with Steel. So I think that there's a reality of, I think Steel was not necessarily set up to be the team that they actually are right now, uh, that they were set up to be a different team, but because of what is happening at the MLS level, that USL team has changed dramatically. But, like, Justin... What? Because you're because you're smart, and I know you know. What's Brendan Burke arguably better at doing than any other USL coach? Uh, developing players. Is it developing talent. De- well, yeah, rotating lineups and using yeah, ones yeah. given. Oh yeah. So I don't think that he used last year. He, but if yeah. you're given a totally different set of players than what you were expected to be given at the beginning of the year. But you're given that how, eff- how effective can you be? Mm. No. 
No. But, so, like, I just think that they're not building this team with those 20-somethings that they've had before, like Nanko, like Santi Moore, like other... I, I won't be boring to half the audience who've turned off by now. But, like, I, I think they didn't build this with you develop players better if they win in mind. No, no, I I agree, but I think the reality is I think Ernst Tanner also has a different view of Steel. Oh, he certainly he does. does. That's the problem. But, right. But I'm not sure that's the view that you guys are taking. I, I don't think I it's think a he problem. In, <laughs> like, he went and got rid of he went and got rid of some of your best players to shed some contract money and then he went out and bought a bunch of 17, 18 year olds from other countries and now they're playing their first season in USL and you guys are expecting them to succeed. I don't think that's how this works. And I also I'm not a USL hater here. Like I still genuinely give a crap about the talent at that level, but Bethlehem Steel isn't a team if the Philadelphia Union aren't involved in reviving them as a team. They serve a purpose. And if those players aren't available from Bethlehem Steel with consistent minutes, then this union team is not succeeding because these are just raw guys you're throwing onto a field and being asked to perform at a top-tier Eastern Conference MLS team level. That's absurd to ask of them. My problem is not that like, the philosophy around the team's changed. It's just like I, it's, it feels so very aimless below the M and I mean it feels the middle of the pipeline feels like it doesn't matter at this point that's okay. where I disagree with you because I think there's so many new players in Bethlehem that you can't expect them to come in in their first year I, be this amazing team like, yeah their defense is awful they're young right because all the 19 year olds are playing in the MLS right now yeah, like, you can't expect this much out of these super young dudes at their first crack at professional we, soccer. We, uh, I know USL doesn't feel like it's a uber-competitive professional soccer league right now, but it's still a professional-level soccer league. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to table this for October. <laughs> the, I'm going to table this for the, October. This could basically be an entire podcast by itself. Oh, it could be. I, I'm going to say, look at what Matt Real did in his first year with, with Steel, and look at where some of those guys are going to end up at the end of the year, and then we'll figure it out from there. I really do miss right. Santi more. I will say that. Oh, well. well yeah, watching him still anyway, light don't we all. is very anyway. sad. Yeah, I did his per- first professional interview, and it breaks my heart to see him oh, not on this team, but damn, I'm super proud of him. My guy. All right, we have uh, anyway we have for people. Two more questions. Yeah, let's let's get back onto this. Um. So, on um, Pride Night for the Philadelphia Union, who do you have? You mean soccer for everyone night? Whatever. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna call it what it should be called. Um, mm-hmm. Who you got in score predictions? That's from J Lock. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a really, really telling game for Philadelphia, yeah. given yeah. the fact that they have not too many restrictions roster-wise right now, um, given the fact that they're not going to be playing a midweek game. Yeah. I think it's 2-1. to one. 
union and it's very exciting and it's going to be hard to watch it's going to give you butterflies because I, I don't think it's going to be as wide open as Minnesota but no. man New York are going to get their chances and I feel like Jack Elliott's going to just have to be the epitome of a wonder wall again to uh, keep a lot of those chances out because New York is very much back. I don't think that's even a doubt anymore. I, I, I'm i really excited to see these two teams try to press each other in the death or whatever. Yeah, I, th- I think fun. that's where it's really going to open up because it's going to take a matter of one mistake on any team side and then it's just going to be off to the races. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game is going to be an ugly as hell 1-1 draw. Fair enough. These teams are going to kick each other into submission. I was going to say 2-2, but sure. (laughs) Close enough. Uh, I think we have, uh, we have a Tom Barlow goal. And I think we have a Sergio Santos goal. And I, I think we finally get our... I'm, I'm just going to call it until it happens. I think we finally get our Brendan Aronson goal. Um, goodness, I hope I hope he can put some shots on frame. That'd be cool. Or Ray Gattis scores from 30 and everyone loses their minds. Wait, I was going to get there. Oh, oh, true, true. Segway, segway. No, 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 cool um, segways. The, Give me the segway. What is VFT from Kevin Kincaid? What is VFTP Pod going to do when Ray Gattis inevitably scores? Um, Implode I'm within Wolf. itself uh, and it cease to exist as an tweet entity. Tweet out something we'll regret, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I think it's funny that, like, I don't hate Ray Gattis as a player or a person no, he is a <laughs> wonderful was, person that was my follow-up no he no no he is an absolutely player. wonderful he human will, being and i was role on this team he should just not but be not as a player guys 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 i already cleared us of the whole prefacing things about ray gattis with he's a wonderful person in the first episode we don't i know i know no, no. i know that's what i'm saying i don't but it still needs <laughs> okay, to be great. said because it, it doesn't it. do him sorry, justice but. if people don't know how wonderful of a human being he is oh stop <laughs> uh-huh. oh stop <laughs> it's okay we're not uh, talking if, about uh, you, if Justin. ray gattis scores a goal i will enroll in west virginia <sighs> university that's what i'll do wow oh that's okay. bold <laughs> yeah that is bold jeez I won't. By the way, that's a lie. I don't think. I don't think you. If Ray Gaddis, if Ray Gattis scores a goal, I will willingly buy tickets to an Imagine Dragon show and try to invite Kevin Kincaid to come with me. Uh, and it will not be a great time. Neither of us will enjoy ourselves. Um, Why are you guys if, su- just subjecting yourself to torture? Because it's not going to happen. If score is. We figure out how we're uh, doing our first live show. <laughs> Why? I can't even. We are never Sorry recording. For those of you who don't know, we're recording at 12.28 in the morning right now. Um, so, never again will we do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we well, are not allowed to record somewhere, this like Jimmy Buffett said. So. 
Is that my cue? That's my cue to wrap up. That's my cue to wrap up. Great. All right. Uh, hey, um, if you want to tweet us your questions or other answers for things or just talk to us in general, at VFTBpod. That's right, Paul. It's still 1230 a.m. and I can still manage to get the uh, the letters right. So, well done. Congratulations. Anyway, uh, yeah, give us a follow on, on, the, uh, on the Twitters over there at VFTBpod. Um, check out the Beautiful Game Network podcast at the BGNFM on the Twitters, BGN.FM on the interwebs. Uh, check out our good friends Roughneck Scarves, roughneckscarves.com, and check out our good friends Golden Gold Press uh, for all your merch needs. But until then, uh, this has been Views from the Bridge, wishing you a uh, very happy Pride Month and uh, and all the best in our quest to defeat the uh, New York Energy Drinks on our uh, on our Pride Night, which is also Rivalry Night. So until then, take care, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. We can keep doing this through the help of our sponsors. The first, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. The other, Golden Gold Press. Golden Gold Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Go check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Thanks to our network of soccer podcasts, The Beautiful Game Network. For your soccer news, opinions, and content, visit us at bgn.fm. Lastly, you can find us at VFTBpod on the Twitter and bgn.fm slash viewsfromthebridge with hyphens on the web. You can also find us wherever you consume your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you so much.